You're listening to audio from Cornerstone Church. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Let's jump in. Today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the spirit of prophecy. So I'm going to start reading in a couple of places. And uh, I want to share this with you. It may sound a little different. What's the spirit of prophecy? Well, depending on what you know about prophecy, I'm not going to spend a lot of time today talking about prophetic words or things like that, although I might share you know, a few things about it. But the spirit of prophecy really is about your speech. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was invited. I went to speak at the, the capital, the state capital, and uh, was blessed to be able to go and share and, and minister there for a few minutes with um, leaders there on both Republican and Democratic sides. And um, I didn't tell anybody about it. I just simply asked people to pray for me. And the reason why is because I didn't want influence from people. Understand what I mean by that? I did not want people to influence what I was going to say because if I had told a bunch of people I'm going to the state capitol, I would have heard people say things like, "Well, let me tell you what you ought to tell them. Let me tell you how they ought to be fixing stuff. Let me tell you what you should say." And I didn't want to hear any of those things. I wanted to hear what God had to say. I wanted to know what the Lord was saying. And the reason why is because speech and what you say it matters. Your speech matters. My speech matters. What I say. It matters. So listen to this about the spirit of prophecy in Revelation 19.10. The Bible says this, that John, he said, Then I fell at his feet to worship him. He was referring to an angel that was there. But the angel said to me, Do not do that, for I am a fellow servant of yours and your brethren who hold the testimony of Jesus. Watch this. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. If you want to know what the spirit of prophecy is, it is the testimony of Jesus. And a very interesting word in 1 Corinthians 14, 3 says this about prophetic words. It says, one who prophesies speaks to men for edification, exhortation, and consolation. Now, one word says consolation means comfort. I like to think of it this way. If you didn't get first, second, or third place, you got the consolation prize. That means, God bless you, (laughs) you didn't win anything, but we love you anyway. We're going to give you a piece of paper. That's what that means. It's a consolation prize. It's not really first place, second place, or third place. It just meant, thanks for trying, better luck next time. But the Bible says when you prophesy to people, you're either speaking to edification, you're building people up, you're exhorting people, you're lifting people up, or you're comforting people, you're consoling people in their time of need. So think about that. It's very simple. It's not hard to do. You don't have to be a prophet. You don't have to have prophetic giftings to actually prophesy. You can actually speak words to people that actually build them up, that lift them up, or edify, or encourages them, or comforts them in their times that they're they're walking in. So in its most simple terms, what is the spirit of prophecy? It's the testimony of Jesus, and what does that do? It builds people up, it lifts people up, or it encourages other people. So let me ask you a question right now. What is his testimony? I'm talking about Jesus right now. What is his testimony? What do you think his speech looks like? Because his speech, I think, declares or dictates to us kind of what we should look up to in our speech. And a testimony is simply this. So I'm asking you, what is his testimony? A testimony is simply this. What you speak, what you declare, it's what you speak. It's what you declare to other people about what God has done in your life. When we say, we ask people, hey, come up and give your testimony. Share with somebody. Would you testify? You never hear people saying, well, you know, it's been awful. The Lord hasn't really been with me. I've never seen God do anything. It's been tough being a Christian. Nothing ever goes right for me. You know, I've never heard from God. 
Nobody, he's never answered a, nobody ever says that. When they give a testimony, they say things like this. Man, if you had only known me back then. Listen, I was broke. I was busted. I was disgusted or whatever. And then they say, but Jesus saved me. I was lost. It's like amazing grace. I was once blind, but now I see. Testifying is about the goodness of God. What has God done in my life? Here's a question. Is your testimony right now the testimony of Jesus? Like, really, is your testimony, is your speech, is it the same as our Savior's, or does your speech sound a little different than maybe his? You say, well, what would my speech sound like? Could you give me a couple examples? Yeah, sure, no problem. I thought maybe since you asked, I should do that. That'd be great. Mark chapter 12 and verse 30 says this, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, and then watch this. The second part of this commandment is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment that's greater than these. Now, this preaches real well, but what happens when you don't agree with your neighbor? What if you don't want to love them? Like, you know, what if they leave their trash cans out longer than they're supposed to in your neighborhood? What if, what if they cut over on your side of the lawn? Or what if they constantly meet you at the fence and take up your time? What if they do things that aggravate you? I don't know. I'm just throwing out ideas, things that I've heard. I'm, I'm not a neighborhood kind of guy. We've always lived out far, but... I'm learning like different things. Man, neighborhoods are different. Well, what if you don't like your neighbor? Well, the Bible says this in Romans 12, 18. It's in your notes if you're watching live.cornerstonerome.com. This is in your notes. It's there for you. But it says, Romans 12, verse 18, if possible. This is a very interesting word, if possible. Now, all things are possible with God, but all things are not possible with Jody, okay? Let's just make sure we're clear on that. But if possible, watch this, so far as it depends upon you, be at peace with all men. That statement alone is worth evaluating my speech, what I speak, what I say, and what I declare. Because speech matters. When I was a kid, I know you're probably wondering, why does the pastor have a can of Coke and a can of Pepsi on his little table here while he's preaching? Very interesting. Did you know that Coke, it's just squirrel, Coke only has 190 calories, but Pepsi has 200. I didn't know that. Just fun fact right there. So... When I was a kid, though, they had this thing called the Pepsi Challenge. Now, if you're like 30 years of age or younger, you probably don't even know what this is. You'd have to Google it. I'm sure there's something out there. But it was the big rage in the nation, man, the Pepsi Challenge. Because Pepsi was falling off the map. They weren't selling as many products. Coke was dominant as it's always been. And then Coke went through a little phase where they decided they were going to create something new called New Coke. You know, maybe, like I said, if you've never, you don't know anything about New Coke, it didn't, obviously it didn't last very long. It wasn't so great. But it was actually disgusting. So, but now that's my opinion, but other people may love it. So during this time, there was a Pepsi challenge. So they would sit you down at a table, and the Pepsi challenge was in little paper cups. You didn't know what you were drinking. They poured different sodas in, and you picked the one that you liked the best. And the, the, the critics said, I can't remember, there's three times more people picked Pepsi in the Pepsi challenge. It was a big deal. I mean, Coke was freaking out. Pepsi was, you know, celebrating it didn't really change a whole lot other than just some marketing ideas. I mean, Coke started restamping their cans. This is the original formula. We're the original one. We're the great one or whatever else. And, you know, Pepsi started getting Ray Charles to sing for them. You got the right one, baby. Uh-huh. I mean, it was a big, big deal. 
And all the nation was going bananas over Coke and Pepsi. I mean, as kids, we talk about your Coke guy or Pepsi guy. It was a big deal, I remember. And it was such a thing that people get such disagreements about. A soda? To be honest with you, 10 calories ain't going to do a whole lot. Neither one are good for you. It's a soda can. But man, we got angry about sodas. I mean, people were voicing their opinions about sodas and getting tore up about it. I just remember that thinking about all the different things that we have today that many times are simply perspective. It is simply perspective. You have Pepsi, which maybe you like. I don't know. Maybe you let your campus pastors there know. You like Pepsi, you like Coke. It might be an interesting thing just to see today. Coke, Coca-Cola, you know. My grandfather used to teach me when he had bottled Cokes, we get glass bottle Cokes, and he'd throw peanuts in there. Coke with peanuts. I remember telling my kids about it, and they're like, what are you talking about? You put peanuts in Coke? Well, we did. It's kind of good. But there's a lot of people who think that's crazy. But some people will tell you that, that Coca-Cola, these things are evil, and they still have cocaine in them, and you shouldn't drink them, and Oh, if you drink them, it's just not good for you. It's going against the temple of God. And there's all kinds of things about soft drinks that people get torp about still today. But you know, it goes much deeper than just soft drinks. Today, it's possible that my perspective might be for one, which by the way, I prefer Coca-Cola over Pepsi, if you're wondering. Of course, when I'm playing golf at the golf course, they don't have Coca-Cola at the golf course where I used to play at. They only had Pepsi. So you know what? You get real, you, you, you begin to like Pepsi a whole lot when you're hot and thirsty. But it's funny how your perspective is different or might be different than another person. I may pick Coca-Cola. You may pick a Pepsi. It's amazing how that our perspective might be different. But instead of seeing that and wondering why you like Pepsi, we've turned now to our disagreements or, in other words, positions. And if your position is different than mine, you're now my enemy. And that's not helping anybody. You're my enemy. If I disagree with you, You're no longer my friend, you're no longer a neighbor, you're my enemy. If I disagree with you and say, well, I like rock and roll, you say, well, I don't like rock and roll, rock and roll's of the devil, you're now my enemy. If I decide that maybe, I don't know, for whatever reason, I prefer drinking coffee at Starbucks over at Lumina, oh, we're enemies, we can't agree. That may seem pretty simple and silly right there, but... I think we all know in our world right now, there's a lot of things that we disagree on that we might not fully see eye to eye on that probably really don't matter a whole lot. They really do not matter a lot. But here's an interesting thought. As a neighbor, talking to our neighbors, talking to one another, I'm not required to react to another person's position. I don't know if you knew this. Newsflash, across the ticker tape there, You're not required, I'm not required to respond or react to another person's position. So in other words, just because you like Coca-Cola or just because you like Pepsi, I don't have to get into that argument and say, well, I don't. It's not required. I actually can do something that's very unique and very interesting and it's not very common in our culture today. Because for some reason we feel like we must react to everything. Well, I like Home Depot. Well, I like Lowe's. Well, I'll tell you why Lowe's is better. Well, no one asked you why Lowe's is better. I just told you I liked Home Depot. Why can't you just be happy for me? 
But no, we got to make sure we give our point of view. For some reason, we feel like we must react to something. I could just say this. When you say, I like Pepsi-Cola, I could just say, that is interesting. And just leave it there and walk away. I don't have to go any further. I don't have to dive down into why unless I ask you. But I don't have to give my reason as to why I don't like it. Or I could say something like this. If you say, I really like Coca-Cola, and maybe I hate it, I could say, thanks for sharing that. That's very interesting. But that is not a common response today. I think we feel like we're required to, or we feel responsible that we must react to something or we must say something. Otherwise, we're not being influential or we're not being bold in our beliefs, so therefore we've got to say something. This is really backwards from what the Bible teaches. It really is. And I love the idea in the Bible that teaches us that respect is actually, respect is actually much more important. So listen to this in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 8. Again, this will be in your notes if you're watching live at cornerstonerome.com. It's in the notes page right there. But 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 8, it says this, Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. How about that? Be hospitable to one another without complaint. That means when I get tired of opening the door for you, I'm supposed to open it again. As each one has received a special gift, employ in serving one another as good stewards. Watch this, of the manifold grace. A manifold is a very interesting word. The word manifold it is, if you open the hood of your engine, if you've never done this before, it's very interesting. But a manifold is connected to the engine block, and it's got these little funny wavy-looking pipes that comes off that connect into one big pipe that comes out to the end of your car, which creates the exhaust for your car. A manifold takes a massive amount of energy and disperses it equally so that it can be exhausted out the rear of your car. Same thing with grace. You can't handle all the grace of God. You can handle what the Bible talks about. Here's the, be a steward of the manifold grace. Jesus was full of grace and truth. We are the body of Christ. In other words, I have a part and you have a part. And so it says this, it's when we have been given our part, Steward well the manifold grace of God. Now watch this in speech. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the very utterances of God, or we could say the prophecies of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is being served by the strength which God supplies. For why? So that in all things God might be glorified through Jesus Christ. In other words, our speech matters. And when we speak the right thing, it actually brings glory to Jesus Christ. If our testimony lines up with his testimony, we are actually going to bring great glory to God the Father through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is amazing to me about the Bible, how the Bible just kind of lines up in so many different places. In Acts chapter 7, the scriptures say this in verse 38. It says, this is the one, referring to Moses, this is the one who was in the congregation in the wilderness together with the angel who was speaking to him on Mount Sinai. Remember, John had an angel talking to him about a testimony. Watch this. So did Moses. Moses is sitting there. He's on Mount Sinai. Here's an angel talking to him. And he was with our fathers. And watch this. Moses received living oracles to pass on to you. In other words, prophecies are prophetic words, or we would call it today the first five books of your Bible. In the Old Testament, the Torah, the Pentateuch, whatever you call it. In the first five books of the Bible, he received these words, these living gods. In the Jewish culture, they still, in many places, refer to the oral tradition. This Bible was given, we think about it in printed page, but it was given orally first. 
speech. It was a spoken word, a rhema from God in the Greek. It was spoken, and then the men, like Moses, they wrote it down, what God spoke. In the New Testament, the Bible calls it something like this. The Bible is an inspired, inerrant word of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit, and pinned down by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit by men of God. Still, a rhema word of God. It's a prophetic word. It's a spoken word. It's a speech, if you will, that comes from God. And it's too many times we're waiting for such a prophetic word, our prophecy to go forward. I'm telling you, you can prophesy right now. If you're online right now, you can just tell somebody right now, hey, you know what? I believe the best in you. You're great. I encourage you. You know what? Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. That's simple prophecy. Maybe you're not a prophet, but you could speak really well to people and build them up edify them, or encourage them. So here's some basic help this morning with our testimony. If you find yourself on one side or the other, if it's Coke or Pepsi, I'm going to give you some other illustrations in a moment. I mean, I don't think you're arguing over Coke and Pepsi right now, but I'm sure there's other things that go through and across your mind. But if you're having trouble dealing with people that believe things that are different than you, here's some interesting thoughts. We were praying this week and, and with a bunch of folks from the city, and we were in there praying... <clears throat> And it's amazing how many different prayers we were praying and what people were saying about this idea of speech. One of the folks that were praying, they said this, and I'm going to read this from Proverbs. Proverbs 15, verse 1, says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Watch this. I don't like Pepsi. Okay, there's no problem. Or, I don't like Pepsi. Well, why don't you like Pepsi? Well, I just don't like the way it tastes. Well, I don't care if you don't like the way it tastes. And before long, you know, it's gone crazy. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Watch this. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable, but the mouth of fools spouts folly. Do you realize this, that when I was at the Capitol, there's a number of things I could have said. A number of things I could have said. I've had people tell me since I've been there, which is why I didn't tell people I was going. You should have said this. Mm-hmm. That's why you didn't go. You should have said that. Yeah, I know. And that's why I wouldn't have gotten invited back. Yeah, but somebody ought to say something. Well, they do all the time and no one listens to them. It's amazing to me how many times we say things like, well, somebody ought to do something. Somebody ought to say something. They do it all the time. Nobody ever listens to them. Because the scriptures tell us this about our speech. Watch. Because speech matters. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable. Knowledge about Pepsi-Cola, I could tell you about the reasons why I don't like it. But I could do it in a way that's not rude or arrogant or mean. If I'm cool. But man, listen, if you push my buttons, I'm liable to say it in a way that you're not going to receive. It's all about how we speak. Colossians 4 says this, Let your speech always be with grace. There's that word grace again. The manifold grace of God. You've got to steward that speech real well. Let your speech always be with grace as though seasoned with salt so that you'll know how you should respond to each person. My speech matters. So I've got to be careful at how I use it. I've got to make sure that it's seasoned with salt. I know what you're thinking right now. Well, Pastor, that's not possible to some people. You don't know the people I live around or you don't know some people that I know. I understand that. But the Bible also tells us this. Somewhere, I've read this somewhere, I think Jesus said it, we're supposed to take up our cross and die daily. 
And sometimes that means I die to my speech too. Yes, Americans, Americans, I know we have the freedom of speech, but just because we have the freedom to say something doesn't mean we should always say it. I know we're living in the land of the free, baby. I say what I want to. Don't you tell me what to say or what to do. I know it. We're Americans. I understand. I understand that. But just because we are and just because we can doesn't mean I should. It's always about, man, listen to the grace of God right now. Is the Holy Spirit wanting to speak through you right now to this? Or is he saying, hold it. This is not going to help this situation. And understand at that moment that God is greater and I've got to trust him that he knows what he's doing in that moment. Psalms 141, just a couple more scriptures for you here, but Psalms 141 says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. (laughs) Why does he say that? Because you need to lock that thing down, baby, and throw away the key. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. If David said it, you know we got to say it, because David was a man after God's own heart. And if David said this, I assure you, Jody needs to put a guard. The Lord needs to put a guard over Jody's mouth at times. Now watch this very quickly. 1 Corinthians 13.2 says, If I have the gift of prophecy, and I know all the mysteries and all the knowledge of the world, and I have all the faith says to move mountains, but I don't have love, I am nothing. Because we know this, and we got it on the, homes of, on the hallways of our homes, it's in frames, it's on love never fails. If Jesus was here today, I think he would say a couple of things. You want to have Pepsi? Okay, cool, man. That's all you're going to say, Jesus? If you want to drink a Pepsi, have at it. Yeah, but what about the Coke? You know, Coca-Cola, is the, it's better. He might not even drink either one. Maybe he's a Sprite guy, I don't know. You know, who knows what Jesus, he may have his own drink in heaven. They got their own stuff going on. He may have something you don't even know about. It's amazing what we bring Jesus into, isn't it? Now, obviously, I'm not here to talk about Coke and Pepsi today, but as I wrap up, the cycle I've noticed has this been this. Now, you pick your can of soda as I say a few things. It's a pandemic. No, it's just the flu. No, it's a pandemic. No, it's just the flu. It's COVID. It's corona. It's COVID-19. It's coronavirus. No, it's just the flu. No, wait. Maybe it's a pandemic. Businesses are closing. Churches are closing. Government's shutting down. Some are still shutting down. I got thoughts about the police. I got thoughts about race. I got thoughts about riots. I got thoughts about protests. We need to open back up. No, we need to close. We need masks. No, we don't. We don't need masks. Yes, masks are good. No, masks are bad. This is American. This is un-American. We need mandates. No, we don't need mandates. We need school open. We need virtual school. We need closed schools. When is school going to open? We need football. No, we don't. We don't need football. We need virtual football. Do you understand what I'm saying right now? It's Coke and Pepsi. And we are in the middle of it all. And I am just as, I will say it just like Paul, I am the most guilty of all of allowing my speech many times to wag the tail of the dog, if you will. Instead of waiting to see, wait a minute, is this the Holy Spirit? If I engage right now, Am I going to make this any better or any worse? Because in all of these things, again, I've expressed my thoughts in every one of these things I just mentioned, every one of them. But are my thoughts required? 
They're just requested. I don't really have to give my opinion on anything. Jesus did things differently, and as I wrap up today, I want to ask you a question. How do you think Jesus would approach certain things when asked about his disciples? So funny. Your disciples, they said, they don't wash their hands. What do you say, Jesus? Now, I assure you, it was not in a pandemic, I'm sure, right? But anyway, nonetheless, they said, they don't wash their hands. What do you say, Jesus? And Jesus said, watch. It's not what goes in a man that defiles him, but the words that come out of a man. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, Jesus, they don't wash their hands. What do you say about that? I say, do you notice what he just did? He removed the issue of tension completely from the conversation. He didn't pick a side. He listened to the Holy Spirit and was led by the Holy Spirit and spoke to the issue because he was so filled with grace and yet so filled with truth, man. And I know he's Jesus and we're not, and that's obvious right now. We're definitely not Jesus. But I am trying to figure out how to go from here to here. How can I say something without having to pick a side and making you more angry at me and just benefit people that are around me? Matthew 5 is filled with this. Jesus said, you've heard it said, heard it said you shouldn't murder people Jesus said I'll tell you the truth if you hate them you've already murdered them yeah but you've heard it said you shouldn't commit adultery Jesus said if you're looking at her brother in a way that you shouldn't look at her you've already committed adultery yeah but yeah but yeah but we shouldn't we've heard it said we shouldn't have revenge Jesus said if you go one mile with them warm up lap go two yeah but But what about loving your neighbor? Jesus said, that's easy. How about loving your enemy? Jesus, I mean, he just said some very interesting things. So today I want to leave you with the wisdom of third day. It was an old Christian rocking band, man. I first became a Christian. I was so glad they were out because it helped me so much because there wasn't a lot of great Christian music at the time that fit my genre. But they had a quote in one of their songs that says, now this is Georgia, rock and roll bands, okay, so you got to understand. If you can't say nothing, not nothing, nothing with a, if you can't say nothing good, don't say nothing at all. I just think those are words that we could review again today. Because our speech matters. What we say matters. What I engage with matters. Am I picking Coke or am I picking Pepsi or am I listening to the Holy Spirit? So right now, I want to pray for you right now. Everybody watching, everybody listening right now, if you're on right now, or maybe you're watching later in the week, I want to pray for you right now. And if you don't know Christ, I'd love to lead you in a prayer to follow Jesus Christ. Just simply pray something like this. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I give you my life and I give you my heart. I surrender my life to you, Jesus. I ask you to be my Lord and be my Savior. To forgive me of all sin. Lord, to help me follow you in all the days of my life. God, I pray today that you would help me with my speech. Help me, Lord, have the testimony that you would have. Spirit of prophecy, Lord. 
spirit that comes from the Holy Spirit, not my own flesh, but Lord, to speak what you would speak. Holy Spirit, would you minister to all of us today? Let our speech be filled with love, seasoned with salt. Help us to know how to speak or how to return speech or how to answer when called upon or how to maybe pass. But most of all, to be led by your spirit. In the name of Jesus, we pray and give you thanks. Amen. Amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we're so proud of you today, right now online. Just let them know, man. Let them know right now how much you love them, how much you appreciate them. Let them know how much you are so proud of them for praying right now that prayer. That is so awesome right now. Hope you have enjoyed uh, the experience on live.cornerstonerome.com and been able to follow along very easily there. And we're so excited to be able to bring this to you today. Our pastors right there will take it and they will communicate with you anything that you need. You can simply fill out a simple communication card. It's called connect.cornerstonerome.com. And you could send some information in right there and we'll help follow, help you out as you begin to follow Christ. Send you some information about the church and some steps that you can take to become a disciple. As always, before we leave, now think about speech because speech matters. Before we leave, I want to declare this over you right now. Pastor Cherish was talking about this earlier about David and how they had to go and take off after the enemy. Listen, man, sometimes you got to remember these words. you got to fight the enemy with some of this stuff and speak this out of your mouth, not just the preacher's mouth on Sunday morning. But the Bible says this is the blessing spoken from the Father, inspired by the Spirit of God, given to Moses. Aaron put this down. Moses put this down so we would have it. This is inspired. So when we speak this, this is just as inspired as when God inspired them to say it. The Bible says, may the Lord bless you and protect you. We believe that right now. May the Lord, may the Lord smile on you or may he lift up his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. We believe that right now. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. We believe that and we declare that over you today. In Jesus' name, God bless you. We'll see you next time. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If so, feel free to pay it forward and share this podcast with someone else. Thanks for listening.